0: Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Matt, and this is Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit, your beacon of freedom and the American way of life. Tune in every Friday for a new episode as we dive into the world of liberty and what makes our country great. Today, we are going to be taking a literal Scotch flight. Nice. All right, and uh, I don't know if, if our listeners really enjoy Scotch or not, but today the talk is Scotch.
1: Well, I uh, I will enjoy it. I'm not much of a Scotch connoisseur. Uh, I'm definitely err on the side of bourbon, so this will be interesting, and it will be fun for me personally. Uh, and I think it'll be fun to hear the the uh, initiates' uh, thoughts on
0: Scotch and the different types. Oh man, you know Scotch is. A very delicate and beautiful drink. It it is good. It's it's one of my favorites. And some of my earliest memories. And some people may not admit to this or want to admit to this, but some of my really uh, favorite early memories of my grandmother was her cooking and sipping on scotch while she was cooking. And she loved scotch. And I always remember just the smell of the scotch. And it has a a very powerful and distinct aroma. And it really is a wonderful drink, and I just, even from a young age, I remember that smell of my Grandma's scotch and thinking, <laughs> man, that smells delicious. <laughs> well, that was one of the things I
1: commented on when I came in, and it was all laid out. I said, man, the aroma is it's amazing. It just, it's a whirlwind of different smells, and I can only imagine what this journey is going to be like. Oh, this, yeah, yeah. This we like are fun.
0: We are taking a journey. So I, I believe probably the most pertinent thing we can start out with, and, and guys, uh, those of you listening in on today's podcast, Uh, scotch is a very delicate and interesting drink and it has a lot of uh, rich history and there's a lot of different regions that scotch is made in and so I guess what we really should start off by doing before we even dive into drinking any of this beautiful scotch in front of us here uh, I have here uh, a bit of information from distiller.com all right and they post the question bourbon versus scotch what makes them so different well scotch is whiskey made in Scotland? Yep. All right, that's pretty much where the buck stops there. Scotch generally is aged for much longer. So, if you know anything about the Scotch world, and and I follow the Scotch world because I love Scotch. Scotch, got Scotch, Scotch. I love right. Scotch. You know, I you're love Ron Burgundy. Bourbon, yes. bourbon, bourbon. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I love bourbon too. But if you follow Scotch, you know that a lot of the Japanese businessmen and stuff are buying up Scotch by the case quantities. At crazy rates so the world scotch supply is actually dwindling compared to other spirits that are out there scotch is raised in popularity so much that the worldwide supply has has really dwindled quite a bit
1: yeah I can imagine I hear um, you know I have colleagues and friends that are very into scotch well just between scotch and bourbon they're very similar in the fact that they trade very high on the secondary market um, but, you know, like you said, the supply is dwindling out of uh, the, the, I guess the demand is outpacing the source. So they're not able, it is an aged product. It's not, to my knowledge, and I might be speaking out of uh, ignorance, but there is no such thing as a non-age statement scotch single malt uh, versus like a bourbon where you can get no-age sta- statement bourbon. Fairly easily, it's the plastic bottle stuff, but that kind of facilitates that need. They're like, "Oh, I need a cheap bourbon." Well, yeah. you know, I guess it can it can it exist in scotch, but not to this magnitude.
0: Yeah, bur- bourbon is a much more accessible drink. Yeah, and uh, and I tell you what, instead of hearing it from me, I, we're gonna hear it from Distiller.com. Okay, bourbon versus scotch. Bourbon is characterized as having a so-called fatter and sweeter flavor profile, relying on new, heavily charred oak barrels for much of its character. The corn base does provide a grainy sweetness, which is amplified by the fact that the mash is fermented and distilled with all of the grain solids still in the liquid. These whiskeys are typically produced using a column still in conjunction with a doubler. A doubler is a, techno- a technological relative to the thumpers used in moonshine production. It provides a simple second distillation for the bourbon. Folks studying the provenance of their favorite drams sometimes hear column still and think of neutral vodka. and that's what we're, But when we're talking about bourbon, the result is nothing but flavorful. The neutrality of column stills is very much still a myth. Just like any other tool or instrument in the workspace, the results depend on how it's used. So we get into into bourbon a good bit here. So let's get on to scotch. Scotch mashes are typically fermented a bit cooler than many bourbons, which produce different types of aromatics. It's a complicated subject, so it's best to leave it at that. Next, the fermented distiller's beer is distilled in pot stills at least twice. The spirit comes out of the still averaging around 70% alcohol by volume, which is a smidge higher than that of bourbon. The higher ABV of the still, as well as the higher barreling alcohol content, favors the maturation of a more subtle and delicate spirit. Now, of course, being exceptions to every rule, but the thing about scotch is also the type of barrels that it's made in. Now, when we look at scotch, um, usually they'll use charred oak barrels, which not always, but are usually sourced from a whiskey maker that has already made whiskey in that barrel. Um, Right. A popular company would be like Jack Daniels. You know, a scotch maker may call up Jack Daniels and use their used barrels to make scotch in. All right. In the case of this first McAllen that we're going to try here, it's a 12-year-old McAllen that is aged in sherry oak casts that are from Juarez, Spain. Very nice. Okay. So we're going to be having a look at that here
1: in just a moment.
0: uh, A sherry wine. Yes, yeah, a sherry. Kind of, it imparts sweetness into it, and uh, we'll discuss, really, before we dive into each scotch, we'll discuss really briefly the regions, okay? Okay. So there are scotch regions, all right, across uh, all of Scotland, okay? And it, it can get really confusing, but the primary regions, okay, and these are undisputed regions, are Speyside, Highlands, and Islands, Lowlands... Eile and Capleton. Okay? Or Campbellton. And of course there's a map here, and I'm going to just briefly go through and discuss the Sco- uh, the Scotch regions, okay? Uh, the primary um, and I'll tell you what, let's focus on Speyside because that's primarily what we're having here today. Almost all of our Scotch selections here today are Speyside Scotches, okay? So okay, so Speyside Glens plenty, history, and abundance, all right? Speyside is the whiskey Manhattan, the most densely populated whiskey region in the world. It sits in a fertile valley of rivers and glens, home to over half of Scotland's distilleries. Speyside malts from these 50 or so distilleries are known for being frugal with peat and lavish with nutty fruit flavors. Hmm. Apple, pear, honey, vanilla, and spice all have a part to play in the Speyside whiskies. Speyside Whiskey also knows its way around a sherry cask, hence the variety being light and grassy malt such as the Glen Levitt, and the rich and sweet likes of the Macallan, a chameleon of sorts that mirrors an old English comedic drama. That's actually a very good explanation. I I love Macallan. I'm definitely a Macallan man, but I'm going to let you decide what you like the most. Okay. The area is traditionally split into eight defined towns and areas, Roths, Stras- Ooh, I'm not even going to try to <laughs> pronounce these. Yeah, some of those look crazy. Yeah, th- these are crazy, crazy, uh, <laughs> crazy names. These whiskeys are hailing from the region, including the esteemed Glen Fittich, as well as the Balvenie, uh, Al- Albalor, Tomanchul, T- I can't say that, and then the Glen Moray. Okay, so obviously tons of distilleries in Speyside. Uh, Speyside is a very common area, and that's what we're going to focus on here today. But the primary takeaway from this podcast, if you don't know it and you're new to scotch, is that scotch does vary by region, and each region has its own rich history of making scotch and their own unique flavor profiles as well. So that's important to know if you're shopping for scotch. All right. Yo, that bourbon, we just make it in the back of a barrel out back, you know?
1: (laughs) Uh, There's a little bit more science to it, but I do think that you miss out on some of the, you know, really interesting things you can impart on that um scotch whiskey on bourbon because you don't you're using new barrels like you have to use new barrels Yeah, they're charred but they have to be new that's what makes bourbon bourbon so you're not really able to get some of those really um funky and cool flavors from those used barrels like a sherry cask or some of the oakiness from a, another blend you just can't do it so while they don't all taste the same they aren't going to have like those really rich, different overtones to it.
0: It's certainly an intricacy, and it's one thing to consider about scotch is that they take it very, very seriously. It's, it is a, is a very, very revered and passed down uh, tradition uh, to making this drink. And someone who—now, this is not even getting into blends. Uh, today's episode, we're primarily going to be talking single malts. Uh, blends are a different animal, and we'll discuss that, if you want, uh, in a future podcast. So, our first trip that we're taking is uh, the Speyside uh, region, and this is our 12-year-old McCallum. Okay, Ooh, so, yeah, All right. and this is coming from the horse's mouth, rich, spice, dried fruits. When matured exclusively in sherry-seasoned oak cast from R.S. Spain, our rich, fruity, and full-bodied new-make spirit is transformed into a classic single malt. Once filled, the maturing spirit remains undisturbed in the same cast for 12 years and is brought together in this rich and complex whiskey characterized by spice, dry fruit, and a rich, natural golden color. And that comes from them directly. So let's uh let's give it a taste, all right? So here's a 12-year-old McAllen. It's a Speyside. Yeah. Thank you. Now... As you're taking a sip out of this thing, you know, you obviously you nose it and you get a little bit of aroma as well. So the smell is just as much as important as uh, the drink.
1: It has a really, really good smell to it. it. Smells sweet almost.
0: It's fantastic. This is one of my favorites. Uh, now, the bottle that I have in front of me is a 1.75-liter bottle, so I always buy the big bottles of 12-year-old Macallan. Uh, sort of the running, you know, adage between Chad and I when it comes mm-hmm. to scotch is that a good big bottle of 12-year-old Macallan is is probably the Honda Civic of scotch in terms of <laughs> it really is. Yeah.
1: It's a very, very smooth scotch. Um Again, I'm not extremely familiar with scotch i know the name uh, Macallan. if i go to a bar again i'm not ordering uh any type of scotch i'm going straight for the bourbon so this is a very very uh interesting drink for me very smooth no burn i mean i probably the age has something to do with that it's kind of mellowed out quite a bit um
0: yep it's, it, it's not too sweet it has a nice finish uh, it is very scotch t- tends to be like a very dry drink. You know, it has is, a dryness my, my to my
1: it. Gums are dry right yeah, now. Yeah, has kind it's of a like, dryness yeah. to
0: it. And another thing, when I'm when I'm sampling a scotch, I'll place the the glass in the air mm-hmm. and we'll swish around a little bit. You want to see how that scotch sticks to the side of the glass? Mm-hmm. All right, you can see those streaks in there. So you'll see that apparent in a lot of different ways, depending on the scotch you drink. And also, you know, the beautiful amber color. Uh, It has a nice amber color, not too dark, not too light. It's just kind of a medium amber color.
1: Now, is this? I know on on bourbon you can add a little bit of water to it, uh, and it'll affect the flavor. Is it the same with scotch?
0: Yes. Okay, so the way that a lot of drinks are typically ordered, and and for those of you that are listening may not know on this podcast, uh, generally scotch is consumed what we call neat, and that means no ice. Now, you can put an ice cube in it. The problem with icing downs, especially scotch, is that it drastically changes the flavor profile. As the ice melts, you get varying degrees of water into the scotch, and it does change the flavor dramatically. Now, with that being said, you can take a drop or two of water and just add a few drops of water, and it will open up the flavor profile of the scotch you're drinking considerably. Okay, so... If you wish, we could we can either go through and sample all these as is and then do the water, or while you've kind of got the flavor profile in your mouth right now, we could we could go and add a little water and see if it opens it up for you. That's probably the best thing. Yeah, I
1: think since I already know and um, I already know what it tastes like without the water, I can add a little bit and I can definitely say, Hey yeah, that changed it significantly or mm-hmm. it didn't change it at all.
0: All right. You want one drop? Sure. All right, bring it over here. All right, there's a drop of water. Literally right. one drop. And yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll add one drop to mine as well. Literally one drop. <laughs> yeah, just one drop.
1: All right, let's see. Let's see what that did. It actually changed it quite a bit. It opens it up oh, a little yeah. bit. It definitely tastes more smoky. For, like I Isn't have a, that strange? Yeah, I have a really, really strong, strong flavor of smoke. After that, after that drop of water.
0: It's really smoky, real earthy now. It sure did open it yeah. up. Yeah, just that one yeah. drop of water. So see, why would you spoil that beautiful drink with an ice cube? Yeah, I mean, that's almost like two different, two different flavors. 100%. Yeah. You see now the complexity of this drink. And now, to be fair, uh, I'm not claiming to be a scotch expert. I'm not, but I will say I have had a heck of a lot of scotch. Okay, I've 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 drank Scotch of various ages from various manufa- or, you know dist- distilleries. I'm sorry. Uh, this video is going to get interesting. Yeah, it's going to we- get <laughs> real fun going down You're have some here. Some tongue twisters totally. going yeah. on there, but um, yes, I really love Scotch. And out of all the different scotches that I've tried, the two that I really like the most are the two we're trying right now. The the next flight that we're taking is one of my favorite scotches. and. The cool thing about 12-year-old McAllen versus this uh, Bal- Balvenie that we're about to look at, or Balvini, hopefully. I, I know people are going to nail me on my pronunciation. <laughs> that is <not> that <laughs> they represent a very reasonably priced scotch as well. So not something that's terribly expensive. And uh, we'll also say quite available
1: as well. Well, what's interesting is uh, you may have uh, known this through our last you know, 15 or 20-year friendship. I'm half Korean, but I'm also <laughs> half... Caucasian is that politically <laughs> correct however the uh, American half American is actually uh, from Scottish ancestry so, mm. so even the last name uh, ha you almost got me on that one not gonna happen <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. um, mm.
1: yeah I, I hail from uh, Scottish ancestry
0: on my father's side well then yes yeah, so all right well getting then back, we're to, the back th- to the roots you're in the right place <laughs> <laughs> okay All right, so the next trip that we're going to take uh, down our our flight here, okay, and in in case people that are listening, you may not know this, or maybe you do, whatever, um, flights are generally available at most drinking establishments. So if you go to a bar, especially an Irish pub or any type of of English pub even, they'll always have a selection of scotches, and normally on the menu, they'll have flights available. And what those flights are meant for is for people to sort of put their nose and their palate into a glass and see if it's something they like because scotch is a very personal drink that has a lot of different complexities to it not only by region but also by age and those things come into play right um, you know someone might have a hard time paying for a $45 pour of scotch and then not like it so the flight provides them a way to taste something and then they may go wow that's my favorite scotch now so it, it it's an a an opportunity to taste different scotches, and that's what today's exercise is intended to be—introducing uh, Matt to scotch. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to make you a believer by the oh end of the day boy. here. Okay, so our next flight that we're going to get into this is a uh, the Balvenie or Balvenie uh, that is finished in Caribbean cast is a 14-year-old single malt from Space Side region. Okay, Balvenie. Yep. It is matured in traditional oak whiskey casks for 14 years, and it's finished in casks that have previously held Caribbean rum. So it imparts a bit of that spice. Uh, a little bit of sweetness from yes, the Yes, a little sweetness. Yeah. Uh, rum, you know, rum is a very sweet and spicy drink. Pink. And that's okay. why pirates had no teeth. That's right. Because they're always drinking rum, with right. but sugar. So according to the Balvenie's website, our tasting notes, the nose is rich, sweet, and creamy toffee on the nose combines with fresh fruit notes. The taste is rounded with vanilla and sweet oak notes with a fruity character that develops with time. The finish is soft and lingering. Well, I'm really curious
1: about this because you like rum? Well, no, but coming from the bourbon world, bourbon is traditionally sweeter, like significantly sweeter. So when I'm when I hear that description and I hear toffee and sweet, my brain jumps to, oh, this is going to be really sweet. More bourbony, maybe. Yeah. So let's see.
0: Right, go I ahead.
1: Riding? Let's see. Hmm. It definitely smells sweet.
0: It smells very sweet, very toffee. Yep. Color is very light. And it's so. got a beautiful color. Not quite as dark as the Macallan. Kind of a...
1: But that's probably because of the rum. It's aged in the, the casks are a little bit different.
0: It's a light amber color. What do you think? It
1: does have it does have a toffee flavour to it. It's not as sweet, but it's almost like if you could get the toffee flavour without the sweetness, that's what you get. So it's like a, a toffee overtone, not very sweet. it's not dry. It's it's not too dry at all.
0: Okay, so as opposed to your favorite bourbon.
1: It's not close. I mean this is like this would not be sweet at all. Like it's not to me. It's like it's all toffee flavor, no sweetness.
0: So we are going to do a bourbon flight as well in a future podcast. We hope that you'll join us for that, and let us know if you like the flights. We can test out uh, all different kinds of stuff if you guys would like. Let us know if you if you enjoy this type of content. And we'll make more of it for you. Um, are we ready for the water? Yes. Let's look at. I mean, look at the way that sticks to the glass. We'll swirl it around a little bit. and We're yeah. still on the balcony here. I know uh, there's going to be Scotch connoisseurs that are going to nail me on all, all my uh, botched pronunciation. That's okay. I'm a redneck. Uh, I reserve the right to mispronounce words. It does
1: it appears to be a little bit thinner. Mm-hmm. It's a, it is a little bit thinner than the Macallan.
0: The right. Macallan was pretty. We take another little taste here, and then we're going to add some water. Yeah. Hmm. Boy, that is a fantastic Scotch. <clears throat>
1: But I mean, am I alone in thinking that it's not very sweet or is it just,
0: you know, it, or is it, it, does, it does have those kind of floral and toffee kind of notes that mm-hmm. you would almost expect out of a rum. Um, now, not to get off on too much of a tangent, I am a rum guy. I love rum and uh, I'm a big fan of Kirk and Sweeney. I like the 23-year-old Kirk and Sweeney and I really enjoy uh, Zacapa. Ron Zacapa's rums are fantastic. They are wonderful, and they are among the m- best rums uh in the world as far as I'm concerned
1: well on a side note it, uh, we're drinking a it's a Caribbean cask mm-hmm. w- well, we were on a family vacation and we stopped by um, I forget what it was it was uh the Caribbean Caribbean islands mm-hmm. and there's a a rum distillery on one of the islands and the rum. We went to go visit this as, as an excursion. We didn't pay for it. We got a taxi once we got off the cruise ship, mm-hmm. and literally, we got there at eight o'clock in the morning. And it was so funny because it was my wife and I, and we found this family, like this actual family, like a mom, her two kids, and they tagged along with us because we kind of know what we're doing, and when we, when we go and uh, do vacations, and we pull up to this distillery at like eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and places it's flooded out and it just rains so the taxi's driving through like you know the water's almost up to the doors we're like holy cow this thing's gonna water's gonna come in so we get there we knock on this door of this distiller because it says it's open for tours and this guy swings the door open at like 8.30 in the morning looks like he had been drinking all night (laughs) and he's like hey you guys here for the tour and we're like yeah we're here for the tour he's like come on in (laughs) And, he, and so we all walk in there at 830 in the morning it turns out this is the this is the head distiller at the distillery and he we went straight into the bar and he starts pouring shots at like 830 in the morning before the tour starts and we start drinking shots of all the different rums. and he goes all right let's go see the, the, the actual distillery and the still and we're walking he he's walking by all of these like stills and he's taking out the little testing rod and he's tasting it. This guy was lit. Like, he was hammered. <laughs> and we were like, what have you been doing all night? He goes, well, part of my job is that I have to stay here overnight and taste these to make sure that they don't, I guess, I don't know the correct term for it, but, like, not overcook, but he has to make sure that they come out properly and all that stuff. So he's, like, three sheets to the wind.
0: All the time. All
1: the time. Well, that's an interesting job, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, at the end of the tour, we go back and we have more shots, and this guy is just pouring shots left and right or tasting all the different types of rum. And one of them was really good. It was called uh, Fifty Fathoms Rum. I've had Fifty Fathoms. And it was, that, that was the distillery. It was the distillery 450 fathoms oh wow and we asked him what the name was and i mean i don't know if it's a high-end or anything i just think it was an interesting story that they they put them in cast and they actually put them at the bottom of the ocean and like they kind of just shift around and that's how they stay for x amount of time and then they go down and get them and then they, they bottle it so we got to see like the little bottling stuff and how they bottle it it was just a really really interesting and fun um event and Eight thirty in the morning, we were all lit. And that's we, awesome. <laughs> we, the,
0: like we were just hammered, and for the rest of the day, we were just hammered. So, okay, so we have of. our water added to our Caribbean Cast fourteen year old Balvini. All right, let's try this. Let's out. Let's have a have a taste and smell as well. Hmm. Hmm.
1: You know, I kind of quite liked it without the water. I have
0: to say that the water sort of—I I don't really taste much of a difference with the Dalvini with the water in it. I—I I don't know if it's because you can add more than one drop if you want. You know. Well,
1: I don't—I—I do not know that it changed it for the better. To me, it maybe a little spicier. I mean, it definitely, actually, my tongue is a little bit more tingly. Like, it mm-hmm. is a little bit more spicy. Yeah. But, really, that's all you taste. It kind of did away with the toffee flavor. It kind of did away with everything else. Now it's just... Less sweet, more spicy. Yeah, it just made it more... That's hey. And it's
0: not bad, it's yeah. just different.
1: Yeah, and that's a great way to describe it. I was fighting for the words. But, yes, it is less less toffee, less sweet, more spicy.
0: Mm. So... Yeah, that's fantastic, I, and that's one of my favorites. I, I love the 14-year-old Caribbean cast. Such a great, great drop of scotch. I would do that without the water, though, now that I know. Well, now you know. Yeah. But that's why you take the flight, so yeah. you know. All right, so we're going to move on to our third scotch of the day. And I apologize in advance for butchering the names of some of these scotches. <laughs> so I know there's going to be the, uh, the, the, the Scotch Nazis. Right. They're going to be out there, you know. Correcting me, but that's oh, yeah. okay. Oh yeah, you'll see it in the comments. <laughs> Our next scotch... <laughs> Let's stop. Is a Glenfiddich... Glenfiddich... Fiddich? 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 Glenfiddich? Yeah. Well, hopefully, I'm, I'm probably going to get scolded yeah. for this. It's a 15-year-old Glenfiddich. Uh, and this is a Speyside single malt. All right, wonderful. Warm Spice Honey Rich Fruit. A 40% alcohol by volume. Exemplifying our family's tradition of innovation, our 15-year-old expression is created using a technique pioneered by our malt master and its warm, spicy flavors are transformed with the alchemy of the Solora Vat. Sure. Aged (laughs) in European oak sherry casts and new oak casts, the whiskey is mellowed in our unique Solora Vat. A large oak tonne, Inspired by the sherry bottages of Spain and Portugal. Never emptied and kept half full of whiskeys since 1998. Our Solera Vat is a culmination of curious minds and the pioneering spirit of our family. It's also the secret behind this whiskey becoming the first 15-year-old expression to enter the top 10 best-selling single malts. That comes from their company, Direct. Mm -hmm. And again, with some tasting notes... Uh, let's see, a golden red hue, a an intriguingly complex aroma, help uh, sweet heather honey, and vanilla fudge, com- vanilla fudge, Whoa. sun, combined with rich dark fruits, a silky smooth revealing layers of, let's see, silky smooth revealing layers of sherry oak, marzipan, cinnamon, and ginger, Full bodied and bursting, man. Well, let me Matt. tell you, I know about ginger. Bursting Matt. with flavor. Bursting.
1: bursting. All right. Here, have a, have a bit of that burst. Thank you. All right, this is our 15 year old Glenfiddich. Don't tease me with the ginger, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I'll definitely tell you the color looks really, really good. It's very on par with the Macallan. It's a little bit lighter, but, and I don't know, I'm, I really like to associate color with flavor. So, I don't know what, what
0: it is about it. It looks good. It may be a mental association yeah. we tend to have, you know. Smells great. Yeah. All right, let's give it a taste. Hmm. 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 Boy, that right there is like there's a party in your mouth and everyone's invited.
1: I would agree. I
0: definitely. It's complex. Yeah,
1: I, I have to. It took me back a minute because I'm like trying to process
0: all of these flavors. Oh, and there's the finish. Yeah. Now that, you know, it's been down, now there's, there's that kind of
1: after, after hue of yeah. different flavors. And then the, the, your mouth starts to salivate. When your mouth starts to salivate, you finished it. You're like, hmm. So now I've completed that process. And you definitely taste the different flavors. You can't narrow it down to what, what fruit it is. But it definitely has a fruity, like a fruity tone to it.
0: It does. It's good. Hmm. It's right. very, uh, it's complex. The like it has a complexity to it. Yeah, the vanilla fudge,
1: mm, I'm not really getting the vanilla fudge aspect of it. Fruit, definitely. It is sweet. It is much, uh, to me, it's much sweeter than the Balvini. Uh, it just has a much more sweet.
0: And that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot because, you know, the, the Caribbean cask, you know, being a rum cask, usually rum's pretty sweet. It's sugar cane. Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, it is. It yeah, is. It's, it is. it's um, the, the flavor is very complex, and there's a lot going on, and I would imagine that you would probably need a little bit more of a delicate palate to appreciate its complexity. I would say that the, you know, the mention of vanilla or, you know, white chocolate or whatever— that chocolate hue i'm detecting more as almost leather
1: Mm-hmm.
0: i would agree like and a wrong, that's not like, a bad thing it's, it's not, a good thing it
1: gives it a lot of body like a robustness yeah. to it i think the water is going to help open this up my personal thoughts all right well then I, we'll have some water i think that once you drop a you know a drop of water in there it's really going to open it up and you know I add water to some bourbon, like some of the really stronger bourbons, like a barrel proof bourbon. Yeah, settle it down. Yeah, a little bit. and the way that the best explanation that someone gave to me about why would you add water to to anything. So if you if you ever been outside on the asphalt or pavement when it rains, when that smell like that's a smell that wasn't there before, right? So you're walking. And we've all smelled it. It's like right when it rains and you go outside and you smell this asphalt, that's the that's equivalent of what you're, what's happening. You're dropping water, it's opening up, sure. and those smells and flavors are coming out. Yeah,
0: sort of diluting things a bit,
1: yeah. and in and, and the process, you're, you're sort of separating things out a little bit. Yeah, and that was the best explanation. That really put it in perspective for me. So. All
0: right, so here's our drop of water with the 15-year-old Solera
1: Reserve. Solera Reserve. Solera, boy. Uh, yeah.
0: Much better. Oh, boy. Much better. Man, as it such a difference? Yeah. Having a bit of water in that totally opened it up. Yeah, it's super smooth. It actually got a little bit sweeter.
1: Like, I don't know why. When I tasted that first, I was like, you know what? It's super complex. But yeah. I think if
0: you just drop something and loosen it up a little bit. Yep. Perfect. I'm getting some floral kind of notes in there. Oh, yeah. And I'm getting, you know, the nose. It's just um, a very... You know the the smell of the spirit as I as I'm smelling it, has I can I can sense more of that chocolate.
1: Yeah, I actually do in I the nose. That kind of maybe you just loosen it up a little bit, let some of those flavors out. But no, that's outstanding. Mouth is watering right now. Oh gosh, Man, and it's so, so smooth, <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> I know. And it's so surprising what one drop of water can do for that. Yep. Now imagine wasting that on with like a cube of ice. Mm-hmm. you know so you know at home uh, i have uh, whiskey stones put those in the freezer if i if i want to cool my bourbon down which i normally don't do drop some whiskey stones in there that way you're not getting that runoff you're not if you're drinking it neat it'll stay neat and everything is perfect you, you just want cool it on. colder yeah you just want it colder um drop some water in there and so for example with water i'll do on like a booker's like a Booker's bourbon. I like Booker's. Yeah. I mean, it's really a really, really strong bourbon, barrel-proof, one drop of water. It, it tastes like a leather shoe, which is not a bad thing. Like, when you're drinking something that is that robust, you want it to have some bite. You know, it's going to be heat. It's, you know, it's a
0: very, very good bourbon. <laughs> oh, man. Tell me about it. Yep. And we will do a bourbon fly in a future podcast. Yep. Okay. So, now... We are going to journey through the Highlands. Ooh. All right, so now we've, we've actually changed regions. And it's fair to mention. All right, since we've changed regions, why don't I... I'm, I'm going to refer to my paperwork here, and we're going to discuss the Highlands. Which I conveniently have pulled up. Okay. So, since we're venturing to the Highlands for this next uh, this next spirit... Let's discuss what characterizes the Highlands. All right, this is another region of Scotland. Fruitcake and oak flirt with heather, heather and smoke and Highland whiskies. I'm sorry, I can't talk today. so I wonder way. what could be influencing yeah, no, that. <laughs> not, not the three glasses of Scotch. All right, scotch. <laughs> wild seas and impenetrable moorland dominate the landscape, creating a breeding ground for powerful Pt Drams while still leaving room for floral, silky elegance. Northern Highland whiskies such as the Glimmerane, which is what we're about to drink, mm-hmm. are particularly spirited with some relief in the cereals and honeys of Dalmore. Head south for the nutty smack of... I can't man. say that one. And you're going to have to excuse my pronunciation. I am an uncouth southern redneck here, <laughs> so of course... Alternatively, for Enduring Whiskey, which has been matured for six years in oak casts, try the dry and nutty Glignogon? Gl- Glengon? <laughs> this is hilarious. I'm sorry, I can't speak. <laughs> I love it. But that gives you an idea of the, the flavor profiles they're chasing in Highlands. When you said... When... <laughs> I'm a redneck, I can't well, help no,
1: it. Well, no, it reminded me of... Um, Inglorious Bastards, when when I saw Glimmerang, and I'm using air quotes, all I heard was Brad Brad Pitt's character going, Glimmerangy. (laughs) Well,
0: what can I say? Glimmerangy. All right, so before we taste, uh, this comes direct from their website. Uh, Glimmerang? Glimmerangy. Glimmerangy, boy. Okay. And this is an 18-year-old. Okay, so definitely mature enough. This is this is a yeah. legal scotch. Okay, now <laughs> hold on before you start.
1: I'm just gonna give you my two cents. Age does not equate quality. I think we'll agree. I I'll I will say that because in my experience with the other side of things, I've had some 18 and 21 year old bourbons that just were just super bad. Like oak, right, super oaky, Like this. Just they use the age statement to sell the product. They do. So hopefully that's not the case with these. Let's hear the tasting notes.
0: All right. Well, before we we jump into the the description of the spirit, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to recognize that if you barrel a scotch and age it, and it's a bad scotch to begin with, just because you age it doesn't mean it's going to be good on the way out, on the other end. Lipstick on a pig. Uh, that's right. So you have to start with a good foundation to get the good scotch in the end, right? Age is, you know, definitely an antidote that will help. You know, obviously the the more seasoned scotches, you know, demand much higher prices. Right. Um, and, and quickly we'll mention, and, and I'll I'll mention McAllen because McAllen's um, what I buy the most of. 12 year old McAllen is very fairly priced. Uh, There are some 14, 15 year old examples. I've seen, you know, 18 year old scotches. Uh, They have 25 year old scotch, 30s. You know, when you get up above an 18 year 18 is kind of like the everyday man's cutoff for scotch. You start getting above an 18 year old single malt, you're going to be dropping some serious coin. Uh, Generally, most 18 year old scotches, the two here that we're uh tasting here next i sort of gave that away a little bit that's okay uh i think this bottle was probably 160 dollars uh whereby an 18 year old McAllen you're probably looking at about 179 so uh, it's not a cheap drink okay but it's good quality but you're
1: referring to the price for a 1.75 no
0: no, no. That's for that's for a 750. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, just like so that. that. Yeah. Apples to apples. That should be a 750. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's go into the description here of our 18 year old, extremely rare glimmerang. 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 Boomerang, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And this is a Highland. All right. The 18 years old. They had to say years old. <laughs> the 18 years old is a single malt Scotch whiskey of serious distinction. Once it has spent 15 years maturing an American white oak cast, approximately 30% is transferred into Spanish Oloroso cast to spend a further 3 years maturing. Then, when both elements have reached 18 years, we blend them back together to create a whiskey with a rich bouquet and full, rounded flavor. For whiskey of this age, this expression has maintained, thanks to our delicate Floral spirit and fine casts. An incredible degre- degree of vibrancy, where the rainy sweetness of the sherry has been toned down by the nuttiness of the American oak. All right. Aroma. Rich, rounded, and sweet, with dried fruits and a complex floral flag- uh, fragrance. I'm sorry. Taste. The taste is balanced between honey, malt, and flowery scents, Dates and figs emerge in the background with a hint of wood smoke. The finish is long and enticing with the sweetness of dried fruit and the subtle dryness of the al- 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 aloroso, I cannot say that word, I'm sorry, nuttiness. How, how, would, you, how would you pronounce that? Aloroso. Aloroso. <laughs> All right, well, that's what we're dealing with. All
1: right, so let's give it a nose here. You know my feelings about wood and smoke.
0: That's... Yeah, you're not much of a peaty, mossy kind of guy. And, that, and that's one thing that when we were talking about scotch, you don't really tend to like scotch as much for like the peaty notes. Right.
1: Very, uh, it's pretty thick. It's got a very, very thick. Yep. Yeah.
0: and out of all the scotches that we've sampled today, this one has the lightest appearance in terms of the amber colors, extremely light, almost a, kind of a, a yellow. Yeah. No, I would agree with you. Mm. All right, let's have a taste. It definitely sticks to the glass real nice when you yeah. swirl it around. It's got a nice smell to it. It it tastes like it looks. It's one of those like it, it it's
1: a, it has a very thin flavor to it. Like honestly, it's not complex. It's not as complex as the description would lead you to believe. Maybe that's just me, or maybe that's just because we had three outstanding scotches before that. All in different glasses, mind you. If I don't know if you guys are not uh, watching this. If you're just listening, thank you. But we have individual glasses yes. for, for each yes. scotch. these the so
0: spirits are not sport poured into the same glass. They're right. all
1: individual glasses. Right. But it's honestly not not super complex. It's not... Mm. i was expecting more it's it is very easy to drink that is probably the easiest and smoothest scotch so far that i can tell you like
0: it super is smooth. in a word easy to drink yeah
1: it's very easy to drink i mean i just sat there and and downed almost i had to leave a little bit
0: just to put some water in guys a little more for the water no you can just drop a little bit of water you sure in yeah all right i'm gonna give you like just a tiny drop of water. yeah all right so we're gonna go ahead and venture into the water territory
1: but I mean, I had to stop myself because I was like, it's just so easy to drink. It just bloop went right down, yeah.
0: very smooth. All right, yeah, there's a wa- uh, a drop of water. All right, now let's give this a uh, you know, and and that might be the saving grace. It might need yeah. a little water to open it mm-hmm. up. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's
1: a bad scotch. I think that it was, it's just so easy to drink. I mean. See, I didn't feel like I was drinking scotch. I just drank it. I felt like a, si- a like bourbon. Yeah, like a sipping. Like I could sit there and sip on that, yeah, and it'd be fine.
0: It's not bad, um, man. After having that Glenfiddich, I mean that that Glenfiddich yeah. is very complex yeah. compared to this.
1: Water definitely opened it up. I agree. Water definitely opened it up. That's that tastes much better
0: with the water. I'm getting, um, I'm definitely getting some floral sweetness yep. Yep. when I, with the water in there. I would definitely say if you're going to drink this
1: scotch, save yourself some time, just drop some water in there and it'll taste exactly like what the notes say or the, the description because I'm tasting it everything that, that description gave me.
0: I agree. Um, it's very good. Yeah.
1: With the water, it's, it's very good. mm that is what an 18-year-old scotch, in my head, if you said, hey, I'm going to pour you an 18-year-old scotch, that's what I would imagine it to be if you drop some water in there.
0: Yep, very smooth. Very It very is. Uh, it's very good. And out of all of the scotches that we have had so far, this one is certainly the most smooth in yeah. terms of the finish. Oh, man, and, and right there, I just, I just had my last taste there mm-hmm. and getting into uh, it. Definitely has a almost bitter, bitter and sweet, bittersweet. Yeah, very
1: good. I agree. I I, I want to say that's probably the front runner of if you said, hey Matt, um, pick one bottle and you're gonna this is gonna be the bottle that you sip on, you know, every night or every yeah, every an night. all night sipper, huh? <laughs> that's what that's what it would be. It's very smooth, very easy to drink.
0: Wow. Okay, so we are on to our last scotch of the evening here, and we're getting into an 18-year-old Glen Levitt. And uh, this is a rare Glen Levitt, and it is a Speyside. So we are back in the Speyside. So four of these scotches have been from the Speyside region, uh, with our glimmering being from... you remember? Campbellton? Highlands. Highlands. Okay, so our previous one was a Highland. Uh, Very, very, very... Beautiful. Okay. Now let's get into the, Glen, the, the Glen Levitt <laughs> 18. This excellent 18-year-old single malt scotch is a classic Speyside Dram. It also won two golds at the International Wine and Spirits Competition. The nose is quite big and well-rounded. There are notes of chewy sultanas and cherry, sherried peels. Barley sugars and toasty cereals with petals and apple blossom. A touch of fudge and gentle wisps of smoke. Am I reading poetry or am I reading the description of a drink? I know, I'm sitting here listening to it. I'm like, like, that sounds delectable. Like, wow, that's (laughs) that's like some Shakespearean dang description there, isn't it? Okay, the palate is full and rich with notes of chewy tannic oak. Manuka, honey, and walnut with Cox's apples and orange peels. Cut herbs, fennel, and spearmint. The finish is long and dry with a spicy oak note. So, considering the nose and the palate description, the finish is sort of like, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Have at it. Okay. All right. It's got
1: a nice, beautiful amber color. It's... uh got a very nice body. It's It sticks to the glass like crazy. Yeah. I mean,
0: oof. Mmm. You know, I have to be honest, the smell, you know, as I'm just nosing this. Wow, it's, you know, before I even drink it, I mm-hmm. just get the feeling that I'm about to drink something that's really, really complicated. Let me take a sip.
1: Hmm. I want to hear your thoughts on that because I have my own, but I'm going to save them till after you're done. Okay,
0: so you want me to, to dive in, huh? Yes. I'm going to say, hang on. Hmm. You know, it, it, it has the com- complexity of the Glymfittich. Uh, it, it reminds me of that very similar complexity that I have a feeling when we drop some water in this, it's going to really open it up. And I'm getting, again, like sort of floral, almost, and I I hate to keep saying leather, Mm -hmm. but almost like a leather-like overtone, uh, which is not a bad thing, and I'm getting, you know, sort of
1: a sweetness. I'm with you on the leather. I tasted it immediately, like as soon as it hit my my palate, I'm going to say, a very, very strong leather overtone. I'm I'm really hoping the water does it just like the Glen um, I want it to be as as good or better. Um, it just doesn't it's not doing it for
0: me. It's just not really yeah, 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 it's not So you, you at this point you'd rather have a bourbon. Over like Johnny Walker the, o- over
1: this particular bottle. I don't know, it it does taste drastically different than everything else up here. Okay. I'll tell you that. But so. you can't
0: necessarily place, for the better or worse, at this point. Let, let, let's get some water. Yeah. Okay? Um, now, what you're seeing, all right, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Now, I don't have an 18-year-old McAllen. I, I ran out of 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. Everyone has this sort of mental block where they look at the number on the bottle, and they immediately associate quality with the number that's on the bottle. And it's, it's completely normal. For us as people, you know, human beings are guilty of associating things in that way. It's very logical, of course, to think that the higher the number, oh, it must be better, right? It must be more expensive. So, I found that with Scotch and tasting different scotches, uh, that you know, I really go more by my palate and not so much how old the Scotch is. I right. mean, I've had some ten-year-old scotches that are fantastic that I love. And uh, so it's not always a race to the top and who can put it in the prettiest bottle or put the highest number on it. It's really more about the flavor you're getting and what your palate's telling you.
1: Well, hopefully the water water opens it up. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it was um, thinking that it it was going to be better because it's 18. I think that it just didn't have the same complexities as anything else up here it tasted very basic but okay. the water will probably do it justice let's give it a
0: go with the water first one we'll nose here on the nose I'm definitely detecting a little bit more floral and and fruity Yep. immediately out of it all right bingo mm-hmm. there we go Dude, that drop of water was what the doctor ordered. Yep. It completely changes the characteristic of this drink. It now tastes that, so much different with a drop of water in it. This is the best bottle up here right now. To me.
1: That was like a complete 180. Dude, complete it was 180. fantastic with that water in
0: yeah, there. Complete 180. You drop that, that one drop of water in there. Man, everything from the nose, the palate... Even even the finish is super like smooth and it doesn't burn. It's just not like off. as smooth as it can be. And just like they mentioned, the spicy oak. I totally get My that. My tongue is burning right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm left yeah. with a little bit of spice. Yep. Almost the same way when you smoke a cigar that has, you know, a really spicy wrapper yep. and you get that bit of burning on your lips. It's pretty similar, maybe oh. not quite that robust, but similar.
1: No, it, it definitely when you start getting into uh, some of the like some of the more robust, full-bodied cigars. Um, that's basically what you're doing with with either bourbon or scotch. People have a tendency to judge the robustness of it based on the color of the wrapper. And while it's not always true, same thing. You're looking at a dark, dark scotch, and you're like, oh, that's gonna taste like leather and tobacco, and it's gonna be super full-bodied. Mm-hmm. And it might not be. Versus like. You know, this uh, Glimmerangy. Um, <laughs> this literally is the lightest color scotch up here, but that has so much flavor in it, and it has so much more complexity to it than any of the darker scotches. And it's, it does
0: require that water to yeah, really open it yeah, up. Yeah,
1: it really does. I'm surprised. Um, that Glen Levitt is spot on with the water. That is everything that... Good, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's really good. That water just is it, blowing me away
0: right now, how much difference it makes with one drop of water. I wanted this particular scotch tasting to take you over n- not so much the different regions, because obviously we stayed primarily within Speyside region, but I wanted this to really show you, you know, hey, different age, going all the way from a 12 to an 18 and everything in between, and trying to sort of take an adventure into different flavor profiles So, all right, going into this, you mentioned that bourbon was your drink. And and don't get me wrong, I love bourbon too. I'm not saying I'm a detractor from the bourbon army, okay? But would you say that you would be more inclined to go into a restaurant and order a scotch over bourbon?
1: I think that every,
0: I guess, every drink has
1: its occasion. And there might be times where I feel feel after what I just experienced, you know, sure, I could go in and say, man, you know what, I know that if I drop some water in there, it's going to be perfect, and it's going to give me that, that feeling I'm looking for, that, you know, robustness, the floral notes, or whatever it may be, when I go in and ask for a bourbon, it's out of convenience, because I know, yes, they're complex, but they're, to me, in my opinion, and I'm not uh, an authority on bourbon, but I've drank in my fair share of bourbons. They are not as complex as a scotch. And that's kind of what uh, it, it draws people to it. It's like it's a very, very complex handcrafted item. And bourbon is crafted as well, but again, 51% corn, you know, new new oak barrels, charred. Like there's only so much you can do to kind of change it up versus scotch you just have so many different variations so much history and i i would have no problem going in and ordering a scotch Uh uh-huh saying hey let's let's roll with it let's run it
0: now i'll mention quickly on the bourbon train i was recently in louisville kentucky actually frankfurt by way of louisville (laughs) uh but i've i visited the buffalo trace distillery and, uh, where they make uh, Buffalo Trace bourbon. okay? And I, I, I did have a bourbon flight at Buffalo Trace, and it was great. They have their Rare Eagle, which was a great blend, their Buffalo Trace house blend. Uh, they have a vodka, which apparently vodka is sort of a byproduct of making bourbon. Yeah, well, vodka is a byproduct of
1: anything. You can literally make vodka out of anything. All it is is just you're distilling things over and over and over and over and over again until you get... Vodka, (laughs) that's
0: like potatoes, rice, like whatever it may be, vodka. The vodka was fantastic. Yeah. And and I was hoping to find some of the Rare Eagle bourbon, but they were sold out.
1: They're sold out everywhere. I mean, that's one of the things about scotch. Yes, it it is in very high-end demand, but you can still find it in like the Glen Fittich and even some of the, the mid-tier bottles. You can walk in and, and grab it. Bourbon, on the other hand, it's gone. Like a buffalo, a bottle of just regular Buffalo Trace. Out of here. Gone. It's and it's tw- also cheaper. It's
0: a $25 bottle. Bourbon is much cheaper. Yeah, but good luck finding it. You can't. It's gone everywhere. <laughs> so now I'm going to go to my local liquor store and I'm going to look for some bourbon so that we can do our bourbon flight. Yeah, and I'll bring uh, something I have else. a bottle of Taylor's and I have a bottle of Bullet bourbon, um, which I really do like the bullet bourbon rye. Yes. It's really, really good. And um, there's also the 12-year-old bullet bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's something we can check out. So uh, hopefully our podcast listeners, if you're still here, we hope that you'll join us for our next flight. And let us know what type of spirits you would like to, you know, hear us uh, try, you know, here. And hopefully we're we're uh, weaving a tapestry of... Uh, interesting flavors and profiles but if you'd like us to do more of these flights let us know and we'll uh, be happy to compare your favorite spirits uh, just let us know what you'd like to see or hear uh, well i guess you're not really seeing anything cause this right. is a podcast but uh, let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about and we'll we'll be sure to jump on that and get it done for you i think the next one needs to be a bourbon flight yep I and agree. then i'll be your guest and you sort of go over all the bourbonisms oh absolutely and taste. I'd, I'd love that All right. Well, let's do it. All right. All right. Uh, Well, I definitely want to take a moment to thank all of our listeners for listening in our podcast today. This has been Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. And this has been our first Scotch Flight. This is episode four. We hope you'll join us for more. Uh, I'm a poet and I didn't know it. (laughs) All right. Thank (laughs) you guys very much. We have many more podcasts on the way. And thank you for joining us. Bye.